Hello, I'm Jim McKay reporting from Sarajevo. Greece has never had any importance in the Winter Olympic Games. Egypt, you wouldn't expect to see them here, would you? Jamil Elridi, he's a skier. He recently spent 40 days in a cave, that fellow, in the middle of the Sahara, surrounded by snakes and scorpions. His father took him there, thinking it would make him a man. Wow. Finland. Well, they're always here. The Italians, most of them from South Tyrol section of the country. You'll find that many of them have German-sounding names. Here they are, ladies and gentlemen. SAD stands for the United States of America. New Zealand. I guess you can't get much further away from Yugoslavia. Certainly not much further than New Zealand. See that guy waving. He's enjoying himself. Iceland, a tiny dot in the Atlantic Ocean. But they're here. Population of 230,000, that's all. They've never won a Winter Olympics medal. They certainly won't here. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. When the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine, that's amore. for the judges and this multi-millionaire mogul now has the best kind of goal. It is Off The Podium, an Olympics podcast. The one podcast that you want to eat broth to because we are here <laughs> to go back to a time when broth was all the food that you wanted to eat, particularly in the Balkans, the former Yugoslav Republic of Yugoslavia. I don't know what it's actually called. Let's just call it Yugoslavia. Last time I called it Serbia. It's not Serbia. We're in Bosnia. I'm making a lot of people angry. Maybe the president of the presidency will call me up and call me off for it. Who knows? Because we're here to continue our opening ceremony review series, our classic opening ceremony review series, where we go over the great opening ceremonies of the Olympic Games that are available for us to watch. And this one is 1984. Not Los Angeles. Not the famous one with the jetpack. The other one that happened that year with... Yugoslavian ABBA, because I've been waiting my entire life to see Yugoslavian ABBA, the Sarajevo 1984 opening ceremony. And this is an interesting one. We, a couple of months ago, did Calgary 1988 when two of us were alive. Now we're going back to a time where only one of us was alive. And that man is Colin Hilding. Colin, welcome (laughs) back. And thank you for being alive when at least this opening ceremony was on. Oh, and I'm, I'm... Flashing back to all those fond memories of 1984 when I was probably just getting on a potty for the first time <laughs> and eating solid foods and watching balloons in the opening ceremony of the Olympics. Oh, what a 
time it was to be alive. Really was. I, I can't wait till I learn how to use a potty. That will be a fun time. <laughs> Speaking of using a potty, it's a man who I believe used one by the time he was two days old because he's very advanced. It's Jared Lubick. Jared, welcome back and happy Sarajevo opening ceremony episode. Thank you. It's, yeah, it's good to be back. And um, yeah, hooray for, for Sarajevo. <laughs> Many thoughts about this opening ceremony. I don't have a song stuck in my head after this one. I can't even remember this what they were, true. they were singing about. Like, when the Saints go marching in. Yugoslavia, ABBA or whatever they were. I mean, a swear quarter of this was actually about America anyway. So, I mean, you know, we need to kind of maybe talk about Lake Placid or Jim McKay. Um <laughs> who I want to apologize in advance right now to the late, great Jim McKay or Jim McKay. I don't know how we pronounce the name. I, I know he's a legend of American broadcasting, particularly the Olympics on the ABC network. This is my first ever dose of Jim McKay for an hour. 1984 was a different time. It was okay to be a little bit racist and also okay to basically say, hey, that country, you suck. You're not going to win any medals. Moving on to America. Um, so it was a different time. But yes, this is a, a, an interesting opening ceremony. Obviously, for people at home who are maybe looking far and wide, this isn't one that's on the Olympic channel. They've got, I think, a 90-second clip of the opening ceremony on Olympics.com. The only way we were able to watch this, and at the time of recording this, this is available. Hopefully, by the time people listen to this, it still is available. Is a 58-minute clip that somebody's ripped from a VHS from ABC America of their one-hour highlight show of the opening ceremony of the Sarajevo Olympics, which is an interesting watch in itself because I'm sure a lot of the commentary on this will be about the coverage in America in 1984. But this was fascinating. I mean, this is the first time I've remotely seen anything from the Sarajevo opening ceremony. I think all I know about the Sarajevo Olympics, like most people, Torval and Dean. I remember when we did the Lillehammer opening ceremony a few months ago, that obviously that was a period when the Bosnian War was on. So a lot was being said about Sarajevo and a lot of people were talking about the fact that they had the Olympics only 10 years prior to the Lillehammer Games. And also the Sarajevo Olympics are always one of those Olympics that when you watch the, hey, these are why people shouldn't host Olympics videos because this is what happens to their venues. They turn into white elephants videos and there's always Sarajevo ski jumping and bobsled on it and all the decrepit facilities that exist, what, 40 years on essentially from these games. So outside of that, Yugoslavia and ABBA and balloons. So I learned a lot. Let's start with you, Colin. Initial thoughts on the Sarajevo opening ceremony from 1984. Uh, I mean, I think we all looked at a 58-minute runtime and figured we're not going to get a lot out of this, just some highlights. Uh, and I, I, I was pleasantly surprised when all the highlights were just condensed to uh, what probably amounted to the first 10 minutes uh, of the, the actual opening ceremonies and everything else like that was pretty much real time. Uh, I, I do want to give some props to the, uh, the the commentator for the U.S. coverage here, Jim McKay, just because he's doing it himself. He's thinking on his feet. Yes, and there's is. times where he's there's times where he's saying something and he realizes probably about two seconds later shouldn't have said that. Uh, let me come up with a cover for that. We'll get to Greece. So he's <laughs> he, he's uh he, he's got a difficult job. Um, but uh, I mean everything about these opening ceremonies to me this is like transition. And I don't know maybe if we can go back and we can watch moscow or we could watch uh los angeles or uh lake placid or anything like that we're gonna see that this is the norm um we're really lacking a little bit of culture in these opening ceremonies but overall i mean we're starting to see the beginnings of uh things like let's add something spectacular to the cauldron lighting you know even if it's not quite at the level of somebody's going to ski jump 
right into it. Uh, so th there's still some fascinating stuff in here. It it's interesting to watch. Uh, not not necessarily going to hold up to modern day standards, though. Well, I, I got to say that, I mean, we're obviously in that period where opening ceremonies were really becoming a thing. And as we think we talked about in the Calgary one, there were still some of those real traditional, like, marching elements that still kind of exist. It was really Moscow and Los Angeles that really kind of lit that festivity for an opening ceremony and that we're still in the winter games here obviously so you know maybe a lot of that sort of hasn't transitioned across to this uh jared sarajevo i thought it was fun it's really it's hard to judge because it's not like it's not the whole thing so every time like have i missed something that would make this higher in my estimation than it was which makes it tough but i love the outdoor stadium i have like i'm such a fan of these daytime opening ceremonies just because nowadays like that's so rare like it just doesn't happen so i don't know it's really fun i again like the spectacle was there i think this is kind of in that classic like people and props obviously no visual effects so it's just it's fun to watch these older ones and see how everything works and and you kind of yeah i feel like here you're getting like the snippets of of the transition of like things that will stay things that you'll lose moving forward but um overall i thought yeah it was really fun and um I feel like the scenery of like where it was set was just like awesome as well. So I just always think Sarajevo is such a unique city to host the Olympics. I mean, we talk about the winter Olympics often being that testing ground for certain Olympics. Cause I mean that you hear it in this coverage, like Lake Placid was like a small town of two and a half thousand people. Basically Lillehammer is a small little village, you know, so many places, Pyeongchang's a ski resort. Like, you know, these are places that really shouldn't be hosting Olympic games, but winter Olympics can kind of test that out. A little bit and Sarajevo is I always kind of forget that it hosted an Olympics I always forget that that was a city and it's I agree with you Jared I love sort of that visual that you see of it and sort of the the Balkan state and just seeing all that kind of like infrastructure and everything because this is still Soviet Union time of course you know this is still very that era of the world the Berlin Wall still existed all that so it's it's so unique and such a unique piece of time that to see that but I I weirdly was fascinated by this opening because I, you know, I obviously uh, we criticize a lot of the modern ones. I, I, we're both, all, all three of us are on the same page. We like, we like a, a mix of the traditional and the new. That's sort of like when we eventually finally maybe putting out the universe, Andrew Hedges, random generator. If we get sort of one of these 2000s opening ceremonies, which just to me is peak Olympic opening ceremony, that that's where you got a good blend. This has got, and you even hear, good old Jim McKay say this is a very halftime Super Bowl show because, of course, back then that's what the Super Bowl shows were of these, like, fancy, elaborate sort of moving things and everything along those lines, which I know some of us liked in Calgary, some of us didn't. And I want to start with Colts right now because I'm on the topic. We may as well get there because with this coverage, you sort of see a bit of a highlight at the beginning, which is just sort of some people with some flags and some rings and you're kind of like, okay, cool. Yugoslavia, they're colourful and they like flags. Great. No wonder they separated into like two countries in 10 years. Maybe the one half, you know, Serbia's colourful, Montenegro is not so colourful or the other way around. I don't know. But then all of a sudden, outside of that, we get a lovely cultural celebration of America. Because uh, <laughs> why don't we want a quarter of this opening ceremony celebrating the fact that four years ago America had the Olympics? I'm surprised, like, honestly, good old Jim McKay didn't sort of gloat a little bit more that, oh, and remember, this year, the real Olympics are in Los Angeles. <laughs> um, but we get this whole sort of traditional element, which, I mean, technically, this maybe goes into the speeches other sort of section. But back sort of in the Olympics back then, they had this tradition where they had the 1954 Oslo flag that they handed to 
the mayor from the previous city who then handed it to Juan Antonio Samaritz, His Excellency, the president of the IOC, who then handed it to the mayor of that city. So if you go back and listen to our Rick Birch interview, he sort of explained that he kind of was almost involved in that handover part, which then moved to the closing ceremony. But there's this weird whole thing with America coming out and, yeah, America and Yugoslavia. And then all of a sudden it's like, cool, thanks for that. Great. And then we get knitting patterns, which I'm sorry to either of you. If I hear anybody complain about knitting patterns, you're both (laughs) fired because I did not know that we lived in a magical world where an opening ceremony existed of giant Yugoslavian knitting patterns. And my (laughs) favourite part of Jim McKay... Going over this opening ceremony, is he's like, yes, and the uh, some people have said that these are knitting patterns that the uh, Yugoslavian women did. But the guy, the, the director of the opening ceremony said, I just like the way it looks. <laughs> <laughs> to which Jim McKay then goes, and so do I. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And then from there, we get like a pop rendition of like, Yugoslavia is great. Yeah, 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 yeah. And basically, Jim McKay says, oh, if you've heard of ABBA, this is essentially Yugoslavian ABBA. And I'm like, I'm on board for this. And it's so colourful. And, like, I love this traditional sort of element where they're making the signs. And I can't remember which one of you didn't like it in Calgary, which one of you did. Um, But, like, I just like it. It's fun. And it's interesting. And for the 80s, like, again, this is the early days of the opening ceremonies being a spectacle that you want to watch it on TV, it all gives it high marks for me. I like it. I'm kind of coming on board, Jared, with what you said. I kind of like the daytimeness of an opening ceremony, you know? So um, I'm I'm very high on the cultural aspect from what we see. Jared, oh, you're smiling more than Colin, so I feel like you're <laughs> more on my side with this. I love the knitting pattern. It falls into my love of just like these like set pieces with people. Like you don't need to overcomplicate things. It works really well. Um, I'm still like to like want to know so badly what pattern Margaret ended up knitting Jim for his sweater. <laughs> because that to me was a highlight of, of the commentary. Um, I thought it was really fun. I, I think I'm a bit lower because I feel like I criticized Calgary for like me not like learning anything particularly new about like the city and the country. And I feel like, yeah, it was like the same thing. I'm like, okay, they have knitting patterns on their sweaters. And what do the patterns have a meaning? Like no explanation. And then I feel like all we got was like dance. <laughs> there were no other kind of like, there, there weren't any animals at, the, at this opening. Uh, dinosaurs. We didn't have any animal bloopers. We didn't have the, um, the uh, potential legend of the dinosaur and whether they exist or not uh, didn't come up. Um, no, overall, I thought it was still really good for like the bits that we saw, but I think I just would have liked a bit more, um, yeah, explanation and history of the country and the unification and coming together. Like there was there were snippets, but like in terms of learning yeah new history about the country, I didn't really get that from this you know opening ceremony. I I agree. I I absolutely agree. But I also give it a bit more of a pass because, again, this is still to me the infancy of the the opening ceremony to what we get to today, if you know what I mean. So, like, even this alone is a one-out, like, ABC. I mean, if any country's going to show an opening ceremony live, it's America. And they clearly don't give a shit enough to, like, yeah, fucking there's dancers and whatever, and I'm, I'm Jim McKay, I'm in a nice puffer jacket, and fuck you, Greece, you're not relevant to the Olympics, basically, as we got. So I give it a bit more of a pass. If this was, like... 
I mean, let's be honest, it is kind of like the modern ones we've had in the last few years. I mean, I learned Japan has treadmills, so cool. Um, good for them. But, like, yeah, if this was continues to be the modern ones, like, like yeah, no, absolute fail on my half. But I um, do like the music, though. I feel yeah. like the, like, the youth love in Abbot is finishing top five that year at Eurovision, at least. <laughs> um, and I like this whole idea of the music kind of representing the continents. I was a bit miffed by the fact that they kept referencing the five continents. And I'm like, who are we missing out here? We didn't get any waltzing Matilda. Mm-hmm. Um, so potentially Australia and like underrepresented Antarctica as always, oh, which is very unfortunate so to see. Disgusting the hate Antarctica. But I will say also I give it extra props for rhythmic gymnastics at the Winter Olympics, mm-hmm. making its debut at the Los Angeles Olympics later that year. I mean, come on now, Jared, you got rhythmic gymnastics in the Winter Olympics. You never thought that was going to happen. This is true. And the rhythmic gymnastics gives us like the classic fail moment of when they're zoomed in on a performer who like wraps <laughs> themselves up with, with the ribbon, which was just giving me flashbacks to Calgary with the person with like the whip messing up. Like it's just that perfect timing. Of, the camera is always zoomed in on somebody who makes a mistake and I'm here for it every time. So good. So good. Uh, your name's Colin. Um, hello, Colin. It is. Um, <laughs> I'll go by Jared if it makes you more comfortable. Jaron, Jaron. Uh, <laughs> what did you think of the rhythmic gymnastics and everything we already talked about? Uh, I mean, uh, overall, this looked spectacular, uh, and it it, it uh, they they did a good job of explaining. Like, you know, we have what twelve hundred people. It was mentioned multiple times. Twelve hundred people out there dancing. There are kids and, everything. and they don't have school because they've got holidays. Now that I want, uh, come on, uh, Winnipeg, we should have done that for the Canada games or the Pan Am games. Did you not well. have school holidays in Vancouver? I, I know in I know Tassie, I think all of Australia matched their school holidays in September of 2000 because my September I holidays mean, in 2000 were deliberately matched. But the same thing, Jared, I'm guessing in Sydney, you would have had the two weeks off during that period. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I don't know whether they did that in Calgary or in Vancouver, like in those cities or those provinces. We certainly didn't have it like during the Calgary Olympics here. Or mm. I was in school. Um so it could be because it's a much bigger country or something like that. But uh, uh, Canadians don't give a shit about their kids. Australia is like, everyone, two weeks off, watch the Olympics. <laughs> Canada, oh, no, go to school. You need an education, eh? Just another excuse for a stat holiday. Uh, but, I mean, this this was the highlight of the opening ceremonies. I mean, it really was just one thing. It was a dance. You know, they had the two songs. I, I couldn't really tell. You know, and it could be just the commentators don't sell it, but I couldn't tell what the difference is between the ABBA version and the one before that, because I think Jim McKay even said, oh, so this first one, this is old music, but it's new. (laughs) Okay, um, maybe a little bit more. Uh, Commentary can hurt something, especially when you're looking at a culture where you don't know much about it. Uh, We don't get a lot of variety here, but the amount of time they have is limited. I think in the end, if if, it all depends on how we're going to rank this. If we're ranking this just based on the entertainment itself, I mean, this, this is... This is spectacular. It's great to watch, um, especially when you get to the second portion where you're seeing the people on the the ground level who are doing their ABBA dance. And then they cut to the ballet dancers that are alongside the steps leading up to the cauldron and they're doing a separate thing. Uh, so there's a lot going on in the stadium. But this is like a zero as far as what you understand about culture, um, because the little bits where we could have actually had a takeaway and been like, oh, I bet you that's what this is. Jim McKay telling us, no, that's just the way they felt like Designing it, there's no explanation needed. Well, there's balloons as well. I mean, that's always nice. Um, Very big in Yugoslavia. Huge, huge. Um, yeah, I mean, and also I guess the thing too that I think Jared, you touched on. It's 
it's hard to also really gauge, like, did we see the whole thing? Like, this is an hour highlights package. I mean, for all we know, ABC cut off, like, all the traditional Yugoslavian dancing. And I, 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 I don't even want to remotely... I don't know what's traditionally Yugoslavian. Um, if it's in the half where Serbia is, tennis. If it's in the half where Montenegro is, casinos. Um, Casino Royale joke, huh? Um, James Bond fans will get that. Anyway, Colin's not laughing. Moving on. But, yeah, it's... <laughs> Not falling in love in a, a required period of time, but yeah, I, I I mean that's also hard for it to judge. But I'm t- I'll jump in now. I'm happy to vote on this first. Um, and I feel looking at my Calgary rating, this is actually the same. And Calgary had dinosaurs, so I'm going to take a half a point off because I think Calgary needs to get half a point extra because it had dinosaurs. I was going to give this a three point five. I'm giving it a three. I like this. It's just it's charming. It's endearing. It's Yugoslavian ABBA. There's rhythmic gymnastics. There's knitting patterns. Like, it's just something about it I really, really, really like. But again, I can't have it the same as Calgary because Calgary had dinosaurs. Colin. Uh, I think Calgary also had a lot more variety. And and again, that could just be the edit of this. Um, But uh, it's unfortunate when we have the, you know, the the Americans marching in and they're covering all these (laughs) different styles of music and all that. And we're being told why they have all the, although... In all fairness, Jimmy K's explanation was, and the reason why we're hearing Dixieland music is because he liked it. Uh, <laughs> I honestly feel like he had no prep at all. Uh, I, I I think that they designed this to be more just an Olympic opening ceremonies because we got just as much with the Olympic rings. And even when they released that that smoke at the end, they're like, oh, it's the Olympic colors. I mean, I'm, I'm, all the colors they use are like the Olympic ring colors and all that. So they probably weren't even necessarily aiming for let's represent a lot of our culture. Uh, I, I do think that what could have taken this over the top is when they release those balloons and you see a helicopter floating right above it. I want to see the helicopter like decimating all those balloons like five seconds later. Don't cut to commercial then. Ten years uh, later, it would have been a different story. Too soon. Well, th- to me, this is uh, I'm, I'm missing something here. That's a, it's a slight joke reference to the Bosnian War ten years later. Oh, it's a okay. war joke. Ah! <laughs> ten years. There we go. Uh, but uh, from 1984. Yeah, this, Shut up, Ben. This is. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not going to go as high as you. I, I would have said this is a, like a one as far as representing Aww. culture, but it's a four for representing, you know, good entertainment. Uh, I'll, I'll settle on a two and a half here. Oh, so you've ranked this the lowest culture of all the four that we've done. You ranked we get no lowest. culture. <laughs> that's that's why. Okay, I mean, I, I I respect your your criteria. We've all got our own criteria, Jared. Look, this is harsh, and I don't agree with myself. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, but it's a two for the same oh. reason. Colin said, "I feel like there's a lack of variety. I didn't learn anything. And if I'm marking everything on the same scale, then like this sits kind of like level with the Calgary. Like it was to me, it was more enjoyable minus the dinosaurs." And the dancing wasn't overextended, which was great. But I think in terms of like, I, I learned about sweater knitting patterns and that was it. <laughs> Can we just take a moment to at least acknowledge no mascot in this opening ceremony, but... Well, watermark. On, well, yeah, there's a watermark <laughs> of old Vuka, Vuko in the uh, the corner, old shifty Vuko there, looking a little bit shifty and dastardly. So there he's all orange. So um, there he goes. Speaking of orange mascots... We'll talk about that soon. Um, let's get the parade of nations. This isn't going to take long. Um, I've got to say, I'm not a fan of this stadium. I don't 
know if I agree with a winter stadium with a running track. Um, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if this was just a thing until Calgary. <laughs> what, what are they running? The, 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 the winter marathon? I, I don't know. Is this where the speed, because he's talking about the outdoor speed skating. Um, it's, it's very odd. But um, this is maybe the most boring Parade of Nations I have ever seen. Uh, there's only 49 countries, as we're told. They're all sad, literally one of them. <laughs> They're all wearing fedoras, except for Canada, who wore beanies. They got the memo. Um, I just, just didn't get it. I just, I'm sorry. I mean, I want to talk about the commentary separately because slightly racist, Jim, and slightly just, you all suck America rules. Um, but I don't know, like, just there's no real standout. So even Australia, like, bored. The great Colin Coates, six-time Olympian legend of the Australian Winter Olympics, he looked bored. I think that was, like, the eighth time he'd carried the flag. I saw that as every, every Winter Olympics. I was like, ah, Colin, you carry it. No one else is good enough. I mean, we learnt that freaking, you know, not only slightly racist, Jim, maybe slightly sexist, Jim. Ah, oh, Torvald's too small, couldn't carry the flags, and Dean carried it. Um, and apparently, progressive Great Britain in 1984. Oh, we both want to carry the flag. Oh, you can't do that, said the IOC. Fast forward 40 years later, they absolutely could have done it. Um, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot more to add. We'll talk about Jim's commentary separately. But Jared, I mean, this is a pretty boring March of Nations. I feel like this is like stock standard. Like, it's nothing to me that stands out. Um, at least we get... In the commentary, like the goods of like, this is the country, this is the flag bearer. Yeah. I'm like, that's all really that I'm after at this point. Yes, it could be more exciting. The name plates for the countries could have been more exciting. But then, you know, sad for the USA, just like, like that shoots it up the ladder in my book. <laughs> that's almost worth an extra mark in itself. Um, but I agree with you. I think like the outfits are very like all the same. I didn't really have any standouts i think i just made a note that like the soviet union looks particularly soviet union in their beige and very like military-esque but i think it kind of suited them it was probably my favorite outfit of the whole thing which i suppose goes to show the standard here um <laughs> but yeah i think just like not a lot really to to comment on in this section at all didn't mind the pink argentinian ponchos they were they weren't bad uh canada had a bit of red and white color to them Australia, terrible, terrible. <laughs> I mean, they didn't want to be. They didn't even know they were there. Yeah, oh, brown man. Michelin men was the Australian team. Like it looks so unflattering on everyone. Colin Colin Coates doesn't even realise he's at the Olympics. He's like, oh, is this the Olympics? Oh, I thought we were here for a training camp or something. Italy kind of have the uh, the. If you remember when we did the World Cup and we looked at the World Cup mascots, the Italian ninety mascot was kind of like a weird ribbon like stick man. They've got like the scarves around them. Kind of like, and again, fedoras. This is like a you like could, Noah would hate to go to freaking Bosnia. Fucking fedoras everywhere. Uh, <laughs> Colin. Uh, uh, first, I want to give one thing in defense of the running track because uh, I think they do explain at the beginning that they had had no snow for who knows how long. And then it snowed like the night before and basically stopped hours before this. So. This might be, if you look at all the dancers and everything, they're dancing on snow in the middle of the field. I mean, this is probably the only thing that they could guarantee, hey, we're going to be able to plow this enough so that nobody's slipping. Uh, the second you start all walking on the same Just bits of snow, it's going to turn to pure ice. It's the Winter Olympics. 
But but like it, but the one thing that really looks right about this though is that that big opening to the outside, yeah. um, w- which what was it uh, during like the, the Pan Am game? Sells it right. <laughs> the what? Yeah, the, the, the steps, like the skis, the mock ski slopes, that sells it to me. <laughs> yeah, no, I I do like the look of the stadium again because it is something different, and I don't even mind having the track there. Partly because I live in Canada, and we just had we've had a couple of snowfalls so far uh, this year, but. Every single thing is melted. And then just over the weekend, we had like the first snowfall where it seems to be staying on the ground. It's taken two days. And I mean, if you're walking even on your own sidewalk, just you, you've made it pure ice. So I'm okay with this track for safety reasons. I'm telling you now, if this track was in Sydney two days ago, it would have melted. It was 44 degrees the other day. So, um, you know, I think it's going to be 40 again this week as well, isn't it, Jared? So you're out west. It's even worse for you. Mm-hmm. Like you're talking plus 40 right yeah like 40 degrees celsius 44 degrees celsius so yeah uh, see we hit a high of like 10 degrees like three days ago and now all of a sudden it's blizzard conditions uh <laughs> 44 seems okay to most people um like it's short it's to the point it's a little bit too short uh i i, I think there's a little bit more variety it is, i didn't feel like this was nearly as many fedoras as we got in lillehammer uh lillehammer was like all fedoras but uh so, some of the fun was like, uh, you mentioned they about Russia. They were wearing respect, Colin, for Sarajevo, clearly. That's <laughs> yeah. what they were doing, the Bosnian War. Oh, we better respect her. They love fedoras. Forget a moment ago. of silence. Fedoras all around. Fedoras <laughs> out for Bosnia, everyone. Fedoras on. There we go. That's their tribute. That perfect, perfect tribute. Little Harmon just got better, if you ask me. But I'm going to say, I'm glad you brought up Italy, because Italy was the best dressed of this entire ceremonies. I mean, the scarves were fantastic, but I mean, even just, the, they, they looked like, you know, 1940s mafia guys <laughs> with all black and all that. Um, I think it was uh, Finland. I think I, I took a, a couple of screenshots here. Finland have like these, I don't even know how to describe the hats. They're, they're hats, but they got all these little things sticking out of them. It's like a floppy crown, like a, a court jester crown or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> and they didn't realize it's just uh, like, hey, Sven, you got something on your hat. Oh, so do you, Sven. Oh, well, let's walk into a ceremony. Okay. Well, well, also, what Jared was saying about Russia, I mean, China comes out there with military precision in their marching. Yeah. Like, it was like robots watching. <laughs> uh, and then uh, New Zealand, let's give them, like, the most daring it's costume. Far away from the uh, Serbians you can get. Uh, Bosnia did it again. Far away from Bosnia you can get. <laughs> but, I mean, they, they, they're like, okay, everybody is going to be out here representing, you know, one or two colors, red and white, something like that black and then the colors of every color of the rainbow for new zealand <laughs> finally for them that was a daring black. choice like they're usually just new zealand oh bro let's go black like fuck it they're, they're very prideful in 1984 the kiwis so also uh although this will probably fall into the commentary but like the the one man um egyptian <laughs> team uh <laughs> The, the con this, this transit. I don't want to forget do. about this, but the, the comment about that's uh, like, oh, he just spent however many weeks out in the Sahara Desert <laughs> fighting snakes and lizards. Mm-hmm. His father took him there to become a man. <laughs> yeah, I love these got these lines like, bet you weren't expecting to see them here mm-hmm. now, were you? <laughs> <laughs> now let's let's read out some other gems from uh good old Jim McKay. Let's start off with Greece. Greece. Uh yep. They've never had any importance. At the Winter Olympics, that is. <laughs> never won a medal. Good save there. Good save there, Jim. Um, he also all of a sudden is like, oh, they're moving a lot quicker than the rehearsal. Uh, so he was getting a bit fed up. He was trying to read his facts out. He couldn't do like a Ruba Jamaica because they were going too fast. There we go. Um, he uh, then goes, what is he, the bit there? And he's like, oh, and they've got 
fabulous mountains, and that means chili. And then, like, chili weren't even on the screen, so I'm like, okay, what are you doing there? Um, when he said Egypt, not expecting to see them, then were you? Then you got Finland. And Finland, they're always here. <laughs> but then maybe the two favourite bits. We have slightly racist, Jim. So uh, Italy. Oh, yes, and they're all from the southern part of the country. They've all got very German-sounding names. <laughs> it's like, okay, Jim, don't know what you're doing with that. And then maybe my best, the best one of all time, Iceland. Yes, and they've never won a medal, and they certainly won't here. <laughs> <laughs> There's wow. multiple YouTube comments on that one line. That seems to be the favorite. <laughs> I didn't even read the like Dick Jim to Iceland. Um, I was like, what's going on there? Why are we anti-Iceland? Have you watched I, them I in the Junior I, Goodwill Games? They're a powerhouse. I found my note here about the Egyptian one after he said his father took him out there to make him a man. He goes, wow, should do fine on the slopes. Yeah. <laughs> And I love it when his explanation with America. Sad. That means America. Like, I think he actually <laughs> said, like, apparently it does. Um, Jared, do you pick any other nuggets up on Jim's commentary? Nothing else, but I just love how it's so unexpected. Like, it cuts through. Like, he goes from, like, his, like, a grandpa moment about <laughs> Margaret knitting him a sweater to just tearing <laughs> these countries apart. And then, like, trying to, like, I like I love the moment with Greece of, like, the, like, backtrack of, like, oh, like, I better, like, check myself and and call out that like they're okay at the, the summer olympics but it was just um uh, he's great throughout because it is just so like so unexpected and it comes out of nowhere which i which i really appreciate there's so many dated references though i think kind of when he's talking about lake placid and the mayor and all that sort of stuff because he's saying like oh and they're so excited for the olympics that they're looking again to host it again in the year 2000 and 2000, i'm like i'm yeah. like wait what my all oh, right by this stage they were still in the same year and yeah. that obviously hadn't been decided that they would be alternating years um but we'll obviously at the end of this episode talk about some news about american winter olympics obviously happening uh, repeat hosts um let's go with you jared what are you giving this out of uh, five and to remind Hi. people if you're tuning in for the first time we rank these out of five individually for each of these sections this is a three for me. Oh, that's high. Ooh. I mean, good for you. Uh, <laughs> that's not giving away my ranking at all. Uh, three, okay. Wow. So you've got this on par with Calgary. Okay. Fair enough. Colin? Um, yeah, there's not enough here to give this anything above a two. Um, I, I, I feel like maybe if we had more nations out there, <laughs> it could have been a little bit higher. Uh, but it's a, it's a solid two. I love the diversity of Colin's ranking of the Parade of Nations. Calgary, 2.5. Lillehammer, 2.5. Rio, 2.5. Sarajevo, 2. Um, <laughs> I gave Rio a 3.5. I gave Lillehammer a 2.5. I gave Calgary a 1.5. I'm giving Sarajevo a 1. Terrible. Boring. <laughs> Sorry. Um, even, like... I mean, I, I want to give it more points for Jim's commentary, but I don't think that's that's not part of the opening ceremony. That's just part of the coverage. I mean, I didn't hear 1984 Bruce McAvaney on Channel 10 giving his coverage. Yeah. I mean, oh, and here comes the New Zealanders. Aren't they special? Like, I mean, uh, I, that alone would have given extra points, but sorry. Do you know what's really one. missing? And this is where I'm not going to deduct points from it, but when we're talking about how things evolve, every other opening ceremony is from Calgary on, when you have the prayer nations happening, you still have entertainment going around at the same time. So mm. the camera has something to cut away to where there's somebody dancing or there's a dinosaur trying to eat somebody or whatever. Uh, this is just a nation comes out, another nation comes out. And maybe that makes it more efficient. Maybe this is 
how you know quickly all of them were done back in the day but i kind of want that variety where you can cut to something yeah that's a that's a very good point i mean again we got nations uh music from all five continents i mean were they including us in like asia i mean that's the closest continent we're not part of africa we're not part of north america i mean yeah anyway screw you sarajevo opening ceremony for not including us <laughs> deduct more points um uh, speeches or well, speeches is pretty quick um i look i honestly i sat down to watch the uh the speeches for the sarajevo opening ceremony never in my wildest fantasies did i ever think i was going to get hitler uh one of the roosevelts <laughs> and nixon um not only did you mention them you showed them on screen like, was, it, was it Teddy Roosevelt? I'm sorry if I'm getting the wrong Roosevelt. Um, obviously, basically, if Franklin. People, Franklin. Oh, they're both the same. One was Keeper Sutherland. One was, I don't know who played him in that show. <laughs> but if you know any what we're talking about, so basically, Jim McCarr in the coverage is like, yes, and now we're going to get the uh, opening speeches. Not always done by the head of state. In some other Olympics, we had uh, Franklin Roosevelt. And they showed like a picture of him. Then the governor of New York. And then they literally cut to a picture of Hitler and he just goes, Adolf Hitler. That's all he says. <laughs> Which, by the way, can I just uh, also, just in the last week or so, um, related to Hitler, Taylor Swift um, <laughs> named Time Magazine Person of the Year. Everyone's celebrating that fact. Just want to point out, so was Hitler. Uh, <laughs> so, not saying they're the same, but, you yeah, know, uh, both are very cultish. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> just look out for her and opinions on the walls going on right now. Um, and then Nixon. Yes. Um, glad we got to see him too. But anyway, uh, quick, quick, sharp to the point. This is what I want about my speeches. This is going to rank pretty decently me because nothing stood out about these. We've got one on his excellence. We always know he's ranking high. No matter what Olympics he's at, his excellency will always run. He's very young. This is like, is this his first Olympics? I think this might I think be his, his first, yeah. First, look at him. Youthful one, Antonio. There he is. And he's happy. And he's getting speaking Serbian or Bosnian or Kosovan. He's speaking the language of that part of the world at that point. I'm not trying to offend that, but I know it's very interconnected and I can easily offend. I'm not trying to. My geography in that region is obviously not that great. I apologize in advance. But yeah, I, I love. I called him Shifty Summer Arch because like at least now they've got a podium, right? We've got the flies. We've got everything on podiums. At least they can sort of rest and, like, you don't see him shifting. He's there just buying a giant microphone and he's cold, poor old. He's from Spain. Like, he's not used to chilly weather. He's like, oh, hey, the Olympics. Uh, 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 it's not Thomas Bach, but they all sound the same. Um, and I love how he's like, we have got the 49 countries. We've never reached that before. I wish you the best of luck. And he's like, yay. And then we've got, uh, they introduced the president of the organizing committee, Mika, someone. Everyone laughs. I mean... He's freaking hilarious in Sarajevo, the president of the organizing committee. But my favorite, and I, I, I haven't written down this guy's name, but I want this title, the president of the presidency of Yugoslavia. <laughs> Not just the president of Yugoslavia. He's the president of the presidency of Yugoslavia. I mean, that is the title to end all titles. I'm sorry, Joe Biden, you're just the president of the United States. You're not the president of the presidency of the United States of America. Um, and again, straight to the point, I declare these games open, which thanks, Jim. They're not allowed to say anything more. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> Very strict, the IOC. No, one Antonio Summers came in with a whip. Really thin. Um, I, I like it. Straight to the point, over and done with, boom, done, out. I mean, this whole coverage went for 58 minutes. That's how long Thomas Bach's first quarter of his speech went in Rio. 
So yeah. <laughs> to, to clarify the differences here, Colin. Uh, first, can we just give ourselves the title, the host of the hostiness or something like yes. that? Uh, <laughs> when we get to Cherry, the, the mascot of the mascotnesses. That doesn't make sense. Move on. That was a bad joke. <laughs> yeah, most this, of uh, <laughs> I find it hard to imagine speeches ever going higher than uh, a four. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, this is Wait ideal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I did like most of Jim McKay's commentary in here kind of enhanced it a little bit as quick as it was like the one guy where he was talking about, uh, Oh, we know this isn't the proper native language, but it's the one he speaks. So everybody's okay with it. Uh, Juan Antonio was dressed better than any nation out there. That's hot. Look at That's an outfit. (laughs) Uh, I want to wear that. I I don't even wear a jacket, but like if, if they sold that, I'm wearing that jacket. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, Call it the Juan the, Antonio. The, the, can we just have that as a fashion? Like, can we just have yeah. that? <laughs> Milan 2026, you know, they're known for their fashion. Just have, and now the Juan Antonio. Da, 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 da. <laughs> you know, we, we got to get a winter cherry that's wearing yeah. the Juan Antonio. Oh, that's probably going to be cheaper too. A lot less things going on there. Can we do that? Like, it's like a builder bear <laughs> where you get an outfit for cherry. Have yeah. you wear the one? Oh. I'm writing that down. That's a competition. That is. Everybody has to design the opening ceremony outfit for Cherry. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's solid. For Paris, he needs... Ah, oh, next year is going to be fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the, the speeches are over. They're quick to the point. Uh, I I like the um, the the one guy who was talking who was not... It was not his, the right native language. I'm sorry. And the crowd's just not responding. And then all of a sudden he says, Sarajevo. And then everybody starts cheering. And Jim McKay says, that'll get them. Now they know what you're talking about. <laughs> I like it when they had the subtitles on the bottom of the screen. Jim McKay's telling like, yes, Jim, we can read. The subtitles are there. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. <laughs> uh, and then the guy who took, the, I guess this is including there, the guy who took the Olympic oath. Yeah. Um, y- yeah. So when uh, when he messes up at one point, of course, Jim has to point out it's like, well, he blew it, but <laughs> I guess if any of us were in that position, we'd probably blow it too. At least he didn't have to ask, does he start yet? Uh. Well, I just I cannot believe there's a commentator out there who had the nerve to say, oh, I think he blew it. Uh, like, like, who, who is this guy? Even... Can somebody, like, American, contact, like, Allison, keep the flame alive if you're listening, an American listening to this who's maybe a bit more respectful to the great, because I'm reading up on him. He's a legend of, of, of broadcasting. Is he alive? America. No, no, long long gone. 15 years uh, not with us. But um, apparently a, a best known for hosting ABC's Wide World of Sports for like 37 years. Um, and yeah, 12 Olympic Games and most memorable, very respected for his reporting during the Munich Massacre. Um, covered Kentucky Derby, the Indianapolis 500, the British Open. He's obviously a legend. Again, not American. I thought, Colin, maybe you might have been a bit more familiar with him being a bit closer mm. there. But, um, yeah. He, wow. he was put in the U.S. Olympic Hall of Fame in 1988 just after this. So we're hoping for on this show. <laughs> this, this put him over the edge. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 enjoyable for the four and a half minutes I think it ran for. Um it was de- the the 2008 Olympics were dedicated to him from NBC. Uh, there you go. Very uh, and won the Dick Shap Award for outstanding journalism. That must be nice. Uh, Jared, speech, Zuz, speeches. I feel like these are great. They're to the point. They're short. They get the job done. Juan Antonio is an absolute boss. I love how he does not have any notes. His English uh, 
oddly enough, seems better here than in, in later instances. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> Sydney. Um, <laughs> so I think, yeah, there's nothing here not to like. I love it. Like you said, we don't get any, uh, like there's a bit of like a mess up during the athlete's oath. But other than that, like there's no more obvious mess ups of people not knowing when they're meant to start. It looks well rehearsed. Um, I think this is kind of the gold standard so far in terms of what we watched. This jacket's amazing. I'm sorry, I'm still looking at it. Yeah. Like it's it's got this like red like flare bit going on with the rings underneath it. He's got his like silver bib, like sleeked back. The podium's looking really good. Like this is on point. Sorry over with the fashion. I kind of want to give it a bit more. I'm bugger. I am. You lost half a <laughs> point for the uh, the culture because of no dinosaurs, but you're getting an extra five, half a point now for the uh, for the Juan Antonio. Uh, I'm on board with this. Um, Jared, you can rank this first this time around. This to me is a 4.5. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jeez, you've gone all out. Okay. I like it. Actually, I'm going to bump mine up. One, I, I'm going for a four. I was going for, I started with a three, went to a 3.5. No, you sold me on your 4.5. I'm going for a four. I love it. Well, Antonio, just, he's hot. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I said a couple minutes ago that I can't really see a speech is ever going higher than a four. So, Consider my four or five. Um, this is as good as speeches can possibly get. And at least one and a half of those points is just for Juan Antonio's jacket. Oh, God. Can we just, I just want all our coverage now. I'm, I'm Barcelona. Come on. That's his home Olympics. Surely he's looking on point at those ones. I'm, I'm hanging out for that. So well, that's that's a high, That's a record all above the board. Uh, I, I gave Little Hammer a four. Colin, that's your first four. And, yeah, Jared, you've uh, eclipsed Little Hammer as well with a 4.5. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see if we can get a five for speeches. That is a very good point. Um, Atlanta was Bill Clinton, though, wasn't it? My fellow Americans, I did not open those. I did not open those games. I did not. Uh, and Bush did Hello there, Salt miss. Lake. I'll see you after the show. Bush did Salt Lake. So he's probably going like, how y'all doing? So great to be here in uh, Las Vegas. <laughs> so probably stuffing up everything. Um, all right, Cauldron, let's get to the best part of this, can we? Um, we get the the torch. I mean, we get a great info, info package here on the whole, like, lighting of it in, in Greece. Yeah. This is awesome. Oh, and it has your favorite thing. It has travel with lines and dots. <laughs> I was about to say, we get Indiana Jones. We just need the da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And for 10 days, it's traveled to all. And it's split in two, apparently. This, like, was going off all the way around Yugoslavia. Amazing. They come in with, like, cross-country skiers. They're off with the, like, this is, this is thinking outside the square. Like, this is smart. All right? Not quite ski jumping. We'll get to that with my ranking. But then we get to our, like, again, straight to the point. They're snappy in Yugoslavia. They're like, shit, we've got an Olympics to get to. Hurry up. Come on. We don't need to waste four hours on an opening ceremony. Do it in an hour. Get to the downhill. That's starting. Um, not only do we then just get straight to our cauldron lighter, good old Jim McKay, because we, we get to meet here, 19-year-old, and I'm going to butcher her name, Sanda Dubrevich. Uh, she's a figure skater. She was, uh, at the time, a silver medalist at the European Championships. But according to Jim McKay, yes, and they chose her because apparently they wanted a 19-year-old young girl because they just thought it would be good. Uh, so disrespecting the European silver medalist in ladies' singles. Now, you're thinking to yourself, okay, there's no ski jump here. All right, fair enough. They've, they've come in with the cauldron, like with the, the skis. Fair enough. You see this like, Epic tower. Now, this is like quest on a video game tower. This is like 
boss level that you are going up to the top. Already, I'm loving it. I'm it's like, like rocky steps. I, I've climbed those rocky steps. This is five times the height of those ro- rocky steps. I'm sorry, Rocky. They're not that hard. All right. Like they're not that high. Good for you. You climbed to the top of them. So did I. Um, I'm sure like freaking Noah. Well, Noah could. Noah's fitter than me. But like, anyway, don't get me started. Point is, this is like Stairway to Heaven. All right. Led Zeppelin. They sang that song. Was that Led Zeppelin? They, they, <laughs> thank you. Fact check Ben's 70s music knowledge. It's not a Madonna song. He's not going to know. <laughs> I don't listen to good music. <laughs> so Stairway to Heaven. And, like, you think that's it? Oh, it's a 19-year-old girl running up the steps. It's going to be here for a while. No. The Sarajevo Organizing Committee thought about that. So they decided to add a flag coming yeah. up the steps. with the. I'm like, oh, this is epic. And not only does it, like, look amazing, she gets to the top 96 steps. Thanks, Jim. She doesn't look like she's lost an ounce of sweat. She's ready to go. She's a European silver medalist in lady singles. She's good to go. She gets to the top on this elaborate-looking cauldron. We talked about this in the Pan Ams, this beautiful cauldron that just got wasted, like pathetic. We talked about this in Calgary, like a good-looking cauldron. Like, I like a good-looking cauldron. This is an elaborate, ornate cauldron. You've got the rings. You've got a big... Like, it's it's beautifully laid out. Something like, oh, is this going to be Pan Ams? Is she just going to touch it? And then it's just going to do nothing. It's going to... No. She puts the arm in. <laughs> It's like explosion. It's 4th of July. Olympics. There's colored smoke. This is creme de la creme of cauldrons. I will say that right now. It's not going to get full marks from me because I have a very high standard with cauldrons and I know my five-star cauldrons when I see them. This is very close, though. I love this. Jared. I am absolutely on board as well. I love every moment of it. From, yeah, the cross-country skiing entry point and they come through, you know, a normal-looking entrance that doesn't look trash um, <laughs> like Calgary's. And <laughs> then, yeah, this handover, Jim making fun of people again as usual. The flag up the ramp is so simplistic but so good. I oh, I just wish that it was a little bit, like, quicker behind her because, to <laughs> me, it kind of reminds me of, like, it gives that, like, world record line feel in, like, the yeah. swimming pool as well, which I love. <laughs> um, the ballet dancers on either side. Oh, the whole, yeah, like, that's, not a, that's not a mirror image that we're doing. That's how it looks. <laughs> um, everything about it, even, like, the fact that you can see the dancers on the floor in the background as well, and they're doing this whole, like, interpretive flame dance. Um, and like you say, the cauldron itself is so like simplistic, but beautiful at the same time. It's clean. The gas is turned up as high as possible yes. for this lighting, which is like, I was th- right there with you in terms of like, please like big flame explosion. And we got it. Um, there is a lot to like about this. It is really good. So good. And Colin's probably going like, burn, 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 catch on fire, <laughs> catch on fire. <laughs> come on, come on, Sander. Uh, Colin. Uh, I don't know why I was worried that I'd be the only one who liked this. Uh, I thought, oh, they're going to pick this apart because I, I love this. Uh, I, I, I'm going to be curious to know before I rank it what my rankings were for the other ones because I want to be fair here. But uh, so much of this works. Let's just start with the cross-country skiing. I mean, I've mentioned it before. Cross-country skiing you know, should be something that every Canadian does. Uh, we had to do cross-country skiing in school and it was so bad that like I remember there were times where I just took my skis off and just walked because I'm like I'm not doing this this is horrible the guy in the front with the torch the guy with the hardest job I don't think he has any poles 
He's doing it all just with leg momentum, carrying this torch. Uh, that's impressive. Uh, I, I do wonder why they didn't talk up Sandra here. The way they explain it, it's almost like, you know, your, your typical, what we got with the Pan Am Games. Oh, this is an athlete of the future that uh, is going to be out there. She'd already competed in the Olympics prior to this. And mm. she was competing in these Olympics. She was days out from, you know, uh, finishing, what, what did she finish? 11th place overall. Uh, so they're getting a modern Olympian. Uh, those steps are really high. I actually uh, decide to look it up. Um, the, the Rocky steps are 72. You said this is 96? Yeah, no. 72? Bullshit. They're not that. Yeah, well, the other thing is, if you look at the Rocky steps, it's not that high of an incline because they have all these landings that they kind of, you know, uh, level you out a little bit. This is, like you said, it's a stairway to heaven. And I'm just thinking the whole time, she doesn't even have a railing to hold on to there. Yeah. Uh, all it takes is like tripping on one step and then she's done. But then when she gets to the top, how is she getting down? Because this flag now is covering the steps. I mean, she's probably still up there right now. That's why she didn't compete in the 88 Olympics. Well, you know, you know, she's tobogganing down. No, get yeah. let out. I'll, I'll oh, if they had added that, that's a five. <laughs> I'll impress you even more. Apparently, she's now a medical doctor. She was up there for so long, she I got a that. degree. Like, she did yeah, medical school exactly. up there. She's like, I'm stuck up here. Now what can I do? I'll become a doctor. Uh, I, I also love here that, that her skating club is the KKK Medvasic Zagreb. She skated for the KKK. Um, we but, did uh, have Hitler yeah, no, in this. I mean, I mean, exactly. You know? Uh, yeah, like this is so simple. I mean, the, the cauldron is, it's huge. You get to see right into it. That's another thing. It's not one of these things where it's so high up and you don't have a camera up there. Like they have the camera right level with it. And you're, you're looking directly into this cauldron. So it, there's going to be no trickery here where you it's like the Pan Am Games where you're holding it there and then it lights from five feet over. I mean, th this this is as good as it gets without having a, a massive stunt performed. Speaking of cameras, can I just also add I love Jim's commentary on and there's a cameraman underneath that flag lying on the track. I mean, good for that. Yeah, it's just so good. And and props to Sandy here. Like, she's, she's done all right in life to uh, light a cauldron at an opening ceremony, go to a couple of Olympics, now become a doctor. Uh, where's her? Let's have a cauldron lighter who's um, actually gone on to Olympics rather yeah, than yeah. <laughs> chucking it away after their moment of glory. And not just complain about getting contacted for interviews 30 years later. Oh, I'll do this, you know, whatever that sort of stuff. But no, I, I like it. So good. Yeah, uh, just to refresh rankings before we give ours. So for uh, Calgary, uh, I gave it a three. Colin, you gave it a three and a half. Jared, a two. Lillehammer, four and a half from me. It was a four and a half from Colin, and it was a four and a half from Jared. Right up here. Rio, eh, 1.5 from me, a two from Colin, and a two from Jared. So remember we passed over Beijing. We were meant to be doing Beijing 2022 for this. So I think zeros all around for that. Um, Colin, I don't think you've started yet. Or have you? Maybe uh, you, have. you Yeah, no, I'm glad you read that because I was thinking this is around a three and a half. Uh, but the fact that I gave Calgary a three and a half, this is a four. So I'm I'm this is my number two right now of the ceremonies we've ranked. I I I like it. Uh Jared. I am on the same page. This is a four. Me too. Uh I was gonna <laughs> give it a four and a half, but then similar to the fact that it didn't have dinosaurs, it didn't have a ski jumper. And I then I'm like I, I kind of had to like, but, oh, but did, Little Hammer, didn't that fizzle out after the skim? But I went back and rewatched. I'm like, no, you still had an epic like stairs and it was what the Prince of Norway or something like that doing it. So yeah, but still, I mean, a four, like, come on, this is pretty good. So that, all right, drum roll then puts Sarajevo in our opening ceremony ranks at number 
two. Uh, so it pips Calgary by four points overall. Uh, still six and a half points behind Lillehammer. Of course, maximum 60 points you can get. So this gets 38. So it's over 50%. Uh, Lillehammer still leads 44 and a half, Calgary 34, and poor old Rio didn't make the 50% mark of 28, which still, if, if you had to say that to us when we first started this show, it's pretty high for Rio. So obviously it improved a little bit of that. And just looking here individually, uh, Jared, you have this at your as your number two. Uh, Colin, you have this as equal second with Calgary, and I have this at my number two, just one above Calgary. Uh, you're you're talking for the whole opening ceremonies? Is in the hole in the what opening ceremonies? Who now? Like you, the, you, you're you're giving our rankings for the entire opening ceremonies, right? This is the average for everything. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. That's sorry. <laughs> now you get it. Big words. <laughs> um, it's nearly midnight right I'll now. I'll try not to use two syllables Speak anymore. Speak Australian, <laughs> <laughs> not Canadian. Australian. Uh, I've got a few couple of things to wrap up on some news items and things like that. And we're going to talk about the orange elephant in the room, but I do think we should do our random number generator slash picker slash andrew.hedges.name for slash experience for slash random now people who have no idea what we're talking about this first time you're tuning in welcome basically at the end of every one of these we randomly choose what our next opening ceremony will be now we have gone over as many as we can find in history and we've gone all the way back to munich is the earliest one that we can find that we are able to watch in 1972 and obviously most recent Beijing 2022. These are obviously winter and summer. We're not doing youth Olympics and closing ceremonies not involved in these as well yet. That's after we do all the opening ceremonies. I think we can do the closing ceremonies. So we've assigned each of these a number from 1 to 25. Right now, I'm going to press a button. We don't want number 5, 7, 11, or 22. Put out into the universe, gentlemen. I do this every single time. I, I, I'm i I'm putting it out there. I want a 2000s. We've had it. We've had an 80s. Oh. We've had a couple 80s. We've had a 90s. We've had a 2010s. I want a 2000s. That's the golden age of opening ceremonies. What are you feeling, Colin? What do you want? I I want 70s. I want to go back. I want to go back further. You want to Montreal. See, uh, how much, <laughs> I, I want to see how much Sarajevo had evolved from Montreal I, or Munich. I want to be opposed to a 70s one. I think that'd be interesting. I want to see Montreal. I want to see what bankrupted your country for like 30 years. <laughs> um, Jared, what are you feeling? I'm hoping for anything between, yeah, 2000 and 2014. Oh, yes. All right. Oh, God. Okay. I'm nervous. I'm actually nervous. I, I, this is more nervous than we ever did with the Bond ones. All right. Pressing the button. Do you want me to screen share? Do you trust me? Or do you trust me? All right. Pressing it. We have the number 25. Oh, Beijing again. No. <laughs> we're not doing no. Beijing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm. We're all vetoing. That's 2022. Andrew Hedges has a grudge against us. If that was yeah, 18. I don't know if this is random. <laughs> If that was 18, that's the good Beijing, right? right let's try this again. He's trying to do a Jedi mind trick on you want number 25. I got number one, Munich. We're oh, going, yes. Are we fine with that? Colin, yeah. you're, you yeah. worked out. All right, let's go back to 1972. I mean, awkward games to be talking positively about because obviously not really a fondly membered uh, Olympic for good reasons. But i be honest with you, I, I have no clue. I don't think I've ever seen anything to do with the Munich because whenever you see history on the Munich Olympics, it's never like, oh, Remember the opening ceremony? Wasn't that the best part? Nothing else happened. Um, I I hope we get the the dog, the mascot. Um, do you think that will appear? Mm. Well, was it was his name Waldo or yeah, something like that? It was great dog. Um, yeah, J- Jared, do you know anything about the Munich? Nothing whatsoever. No. So, I mean, I I saw you were alive, ben weren't you, Daniel Colin? Craig in that movie. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, I did too. Are we uh, going to get Eric Bana and Daniel Craig there? Maybe. Waldy. 
is a name. Exactly. You're Bobby. right. Maybe we, maybe we can get Shane. Maybe we can get Shane Gould. Survivor connection. We can get her. She, that's where she won all the gold medals at. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I literally have no clue. I have nothing at all. And I don't even know if this is like a one that's got a full opening ceremony, if it's an hour one. I, I know when I did this list, I, I found some level of opening ceremony. So hopefully, and if, if for whatever reason it doesn't exist anymore and we cannot find it, we will do a off-air we'll do it maybe during the youth Olympics just to kind of make it fair, but we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. A couple of things to touch on. I'll end on the best thing. Um, two things that I wanted to quickly get comments on Colin uh, and Jared. I, I was talking to somebody I work with in my pay job and they said they listened to the show. And I was like, what? great. I'm like, what did you think of it? Like, oh, I thought it was quite good. I'm like, yeah, I think, you know, you were quite good. Your, your co-host is really good. And I really liked the American guy. And I'm like, <laughs> Ooh. I am passing that along to him. <laughs> I'll let him know. Uh, so <laughs> you've got a fan in my office, Colin. Loves that you're from America. So. Oh, I thought we were talking about Rocky. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> you. <laughs> Me, okay. I thought I was about to pass along to Rocky that he's got a fan. No, didn't lose those episodes. You well, you know what? Here's, what's, here's what's sad about it. I, uh, I, I think I mentioned this during the Pan Am Games that... Uh, we were watching volleyball and Casper was asking me, Daddy, what's your favorite flag? And I'm like, I'm partial to Canada. What about you? Casper goes, I like America. He's now just transitioned into asking me, Daddy, what's your favorite country? And I'm like, Canada. Casper likes America. Uh, so, <laughs> wow. I guess I have to assume dual citizenship at this point because my seven-year-old son has told me I have to. You, you, you have a, you have a defector going on there right now. Uh, what does, what does Trudeau think about defectors uh, going that way? Uh, other big news that we uh, should just quickly touch on. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about stuff coming in the new year, and we might have more of a chance to have news episodes where we can talk a little bit more about this. But in the last couple of weeks, the IOC announced their two preferred cities for the 2030 and 2034. Olympics. Now, we know what this generally means, that they've basically got them because Brisbane was the preferred city. And then we got that incredibly awkward and the winner is Brisbane moment. Oh, shock. Oh, my God, that happened. So um, the big one, obviously, Salt Lake City, 2034, which was all but expected. They wanted 2030, but essentially, given that LA has it in 2028, the US Olympic Committee were like, eh, maybe give us another four years and so they've got it. Similar to when Salt Lake had it in 2002. Atlanta had it six years prior. So it's going to be a six-year turnaround summer, winter for the US. But the one that nobody was really expecting, the French Alps are going to be apparently having the Olympics in 2030. Um, the Alps region and the French Riviera Resort of Nice. That, that's like the most... Medi- like, may as well have them in freaking Athens. Like... I mean, Sochi was laughed at when they had it because that's like a summer resort. Now, Nice, seriously? Um, but yeah, essentially, um, beating out poor old Sweden. Sweden are like the turkey of the winter. Like Every time Istanbul bids, they never win. Sweden have been for like 30 uh, Winter Olympics now, never win. But thoughts on this, guys? Uh, Jared, I mean, I mean, we'll see France host an Olympics next year. Kind of six years between their Olympics and six years between the US uh, having their Olympics. So, but... I think the difference is um, I, I'm okay with it because it's weird to say that France and USA haven't really hosted the Olympics in a long time. So it's kind of good to see them getting two Olympics back to back. Yeah, I'm cool with it. Obviously I was on the Sweden train. Um, like we need Lorene at an opening ceremony, right? Mm. Like that's going to give cultural display five automatically. Um, 
But no, I think it's... Good one, Eurovision another five times by then. So. I see it. Yeah. It's, nah, I think it's a good decision. Um, and yeah, it'll be fun to compare that to Paris 2024. And I will add Salt Lake, one of my favorite Olympics. I've literally got a Salt Lake poster above my head to the left here. Um, and I've been to Salt Lake City. It's one of my favorite cities in the US. And I absolutely was a fanboy going to all the Olympic monuments that are in that city. So um, they did a fantastic Olympics in 2020, uh, 2002. And I don't doubt they will again. In 2000, the year 2000. In the year 2000. Colin, I mean, thoughts, I mean, another game's close to you. Not not Canada, yeah. unfortunately, but it's uh, not too far from you. Yeah, yeah. I, I it, it was it was a pipe dream, but I was sort of holding out hope that maybe Vancouver could pull something off. Um, Calgary checked out a long time ago. Uh, it's still close enough for me to attend, so that's fine. Um, but uh, it, 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 it is weird with the Paris that uh, you you think, okay, it's so close to, well, Paris and then, you know, French Alps or whatever. But uh, I feel like it's going to look very different. Uh, and I don't know why, but to me, that feels like it is more of a separate Olympics than, you know, America doing Los Angeles, Salt Lake City or Atlanta, Salt Lake City. Uh, it feels like there's going to be a little bit more variety uh, more than anything, I'm just happy that we finally decided because yeah. it was starting to look like, uh, so these Olympics are going to be held nowhere. We're canceling. Commonwealth so Games, we got, we've, we've got something penciled in now. We know where we're going to be going for the next decade. And we'll just officially say, obviously not officially confirm that will happen next year, but with the ISA announcing that they're the preferred city status, as we said, Brisbane got that and it was all, but just, it just had to, they had to tick the boxes to fill it across the T's and dot their I's basically. So uh, essentially now that means that we know next year we're in France, two years later we're in Italy, two years later we're in America, two years later we're in France, two years later we're in, where are we? We're in Australia, that's right. And then uh, two years later we're in America again. So 2036, over to you. Uh, and obviously we now know that the IOC essentially can announce, they can, they can wake up tomorrow and we're like the next 50 years of Olympics have been handed out. So I'm, I'm one thing I'm glad though is that there was this rumour that the IOC were looking at to host a permanent winter olympic spot so basically every four mm. years the winter olympics would be in the same i'm very anti that That's that was horrible terrible um and obviously the winters are a lot different but um we'll see how we go did we, we also uh, one thing to touch on as well uh really quickly on that is that uh the winter olympics in 2026 in italy will technically be the first olympics to be hosted in two different countries because the bobsled track i believe is in uh switzerland because they could not get the 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 Turin track up to stand. That's been like decommissioned. And then they had like a track there in Milan that they were trying to get done up again, but they couldn't get it. The money blew out, whatever. So they basically said like, oh, well, the nearest one's in Switzerland, I believe. So you're technically going to have... How, which is actually... How say, not true. Not was... true. Because obviously uh, the, the equestrian in Melbourne in 1956 was in Sweden. Sorry, Colin. I was going to say, how great would it be if it's like it starts in Italy and it ends in Switzerland? <laughs> <laughs> it's a marathon of bobsled as well. Uh, the other other news as well I should touch on is uh, the IOC confirmed that Russian athletes and Belarusian athletes can compete neutrally next year in Paris. So uh, that's good for them. All right, gentlemen, uh, we're going to close this out because uh, about a week and a half ago, we, we finally we finally did what we've been teasing to do for a long time. We finally revealed... Our child of this show. Somebody on this show actually has children. But as he said, he now has four children. Uh, 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 a character or a person, a man, a, 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 an object that has been birthed many years ago through one act of sheer desperation and, and tantrumism. 
And then out of that, from the ashes, came our new beloved son, Cherry. Everyone get your chairs out. There he is. Come on, Jared. (laughs) Chairs out for the end of the episode. Oh, what a moment. How are we feeling that he's been announced to the world? It's a happy day. Was it like seeing the birth of your children, Colin? Oh, it's better than the birth of my children because he's quiet. Uh, (laughs) He never makes a peep. Yours, maybe. (laughs) This this is fantastic. Like, I don't think the design could have been any funnier. I don't know how many times I've looked at, like, even the the social media posts you put up. You know, that, that was my picture. I got that taken. I'd obviously seen it before, but I'm just... Look at my phone. I'm laughing. I'm showing Jimmy. Just look at this thing. It's hilarious. Like, I can't stop laughing. He just, he looks so happy at being so broken down and, and defeated. Um, he's, he's got his headband on here, which by the way, the headband, you could adjust it. In case oh. the sun's getting in his eyes. <laughs> exactly. This is the greatest COVID, gift I've ever given myself. COVID cherry. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> got a mask on. Um, he's a bit Michael Jackson-y there. Um, I mean, Jared, he was on your shelf. You got his pride and place. And people, when they come over to, to your house now, are they just like in awe of of Cherry? <laughs> they are amazed. Um, once the like shock horror leaves, then then I think they appreciate. It. I just love him so much. I love that he can't stand up properly. <laughs> it's he's so like gangly. <laughs> um, I think when it like arrived in the past, and it was just like like this, like this or whatever. I'm like he's competing in the gymnastics, most flexible chair ever. Um, uh, just so much joy. I, I know we don't release these as video episodes. We'll obviously maybe put this up on social media just so people can see what we're doing. But basically, we, we contacted this uh, soft toy manufacturer in the US about, they said, like, we make anything into a soft toy. Like, anything. All right, challenge accepted. So I sent them a design and they literally wrote back and said, sorry, we can't do that. And I'm like, why? It's like, because he wouldn't be able to stand up by himself. And I'm like, it's kind of the point. We don't care. Yeah. Like, well, if you don't care that can support yourself, we can try and look at the beautiful thing this is. Now, I would love to say that we're going to start selling these. Um, truth be told, it would be very expensive if we were to start <laughs> selling these. So if you genuinely want one, if you genuinely want a cherry, contact us. It is very expensive. And that is not us making money off it. It is the process of getting one made, not cheap. So by all means, I'm happy to hook you up, but you're going to need some money. But we are looking in the future of doing some form of merchandise, pins, T-shirts, something, because we want to share Cherry of the World. Because not only do we want to share Cherry of the World, the former fastest man in the world wants to share it. Because yes. Colin quickly touched <laughs> it. We shared the photo during the week. The, 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 yeah. the legendary man himself, Donovan Bailey, has touched Cherry. With, he with has, consent. This cherry. With consent. With consent, yes. Well, I was my consent, I guess, technically. The Did consent. You, he's fine with it. No, Cherry's all good. <laughs> Yeah, no, Donovan Bailey had his uh, new autobiography that just came out, and uh, he did, like, a book event here. He, he did a Q&A and then uh, uh, signed books. Uh, I wish I'd had more time to talk to him to get an interview done. I should cherish if you're telling this story. <laughs> Donovan Bailey was here. We're going to hire a voice actor to do an animated series. Hello! <laughs> yeah, that's that's we not auditions for Cherry's voice. Uh, maybe the winner Gets a Johnny Weir. Can we like just that? get Johnny Weir back on? Johnny the show? Weir will do it. Johnny <laughs> Weir, Cherry, will come on. But uh, basically, there were so many people there, and there was only like so much time before the store closed. So they're pushing people in, like cattle. Like, okay, you, you, you got to <laughs> get in there, make Donovan Bailey. Give me, your, give me your phone. We'll take the picture. Be very quick or whatever. 
Uh, so I get up there. I'm just like, I have an odd request for you. And he's signing the book. And I'm basically describing, it's like a, a Olympic podcast where we're launching a chair and he's like, okay. And he's still signing the book. So he's not looking up. So, so you're looking to make a mascot. I'm like, no, we made a mascot. This is it. And he looks at it. And he goes, Oh, okay. And I'm like, can we just get a picture with you? And they go, all right. And so I've got it there and he's like, I'm just going to let him sit on the end of the table there. And then he starts flopping all over the place. <laughs> Jerry's falling over. And I'm like, it doesn't really stand and maybe I'll just hold it here. And then he's looking at it as the person's taking the picture, of course, before waiting that he's actually looking at the camera. And I can tell Donovan's looking at, what is this thing I'm looking at? And I'm like, it's a chair. He goes, oh, it's a chair. Picture snap. Thank you very much. Nice to meet you. That is the most cherry reaction we ever want to get. Like this poor oh, thing. It's that, a chair. They got thrown on the floor. <laughs> Because one of us couldn't accept that Penny Alexiak didn't get the we 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 still need like we obviously had greatly had Penny on the show we need to get Penny a, a yes. cherry somehow but it is yeah. now my goal at the time of recording this I have not done any interviews with anybody since Cherry has been announced time of recording this I am doing a few this week so my new question alongside Meatloaf is they are going to be shown Cherry and they are going to react to Cherry so. What is it? What like what is it? What do you think? How do you think this represents the Olympics and the Olympic podcast? And when I'm in Paris next year, this is going to be awkward to carry around Paris with me at the Olympics. So I'm going to try and get something else that's better. Sorry, Cherry, you still can come to Paris. It's all right. You can come to Paris. It's fine. Um, we're gonna we're gonna get Olympians with this. All right. This is this is our new goal. All right. So Jared, Colin, you're out and about. You see an Olympian? Cherry him. Yeah. Just throw a chair. Don't throw a chair. <laughs> Emma McKean, I love you, Paul. No, we need Emma next year in Paris. But this is our new, our new, new goal moving forward. Everyone, as many Olympians as possible. Does he grab? Look how you grab him. You just grab him by the cherry, cherry. That's what Colin to recreate. Oh, Penny Alexiak, <laughs> Penny Alexiak. Oh, look at him. Oh, he's so cute. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we will be back this week with uh, this next week, I should say. We've got a couple more episodes before the end of the year. Uh, we're still going strong each week. Uh, next week on the show, we are chatting. We're going. We're going winter. We're going with uh, Maddie Hoffman. She's an alpine skier. Just missed out on the Pyong, uh, the Beijing Olympics, sorry, in 2022, but recently got Australia's best World Cup result in slalom at the Alpine Skiing World Cup since Zali Stegel. A long time coming. So uh, a great result for her, and we're going to talk to her about that and her hopes ahead of uh, the Milan Olympics in a couple of years. And outside of that, we've got a couple of great interviews that close out the year, so stay tuned for that. And then a couple of weeks away, can I say that? A couple of weeks away from the Youth Olympics, which we're doing our very first Youth Olympics. Now, Jared, you're going to be away for a bit of them. I'll be away technically for them, but uh, unlike Jared, I still do some work. Um, Colin, I'm excited. Uh, Youth Olympics, any quick thoughts ahead of those? It's something completely new. I mean, this is, um, uh, you know, with the Commonwealth Games, I had seen the Commonwealth Games before. The Pan Am Games, obviously, I'd seen it. You you two hadn't. So this, I think it's technically going to be the first time that I get exposed to something completely new that I have no history with whatsoever. So it'll be fun. Jared, do you have much history with them at all? I do not. I'm excited to see yeah, how it all works and the prestige and, yeah. I actually weirdly have a bit, and don't comment on this, Colin. Oh, Ben's got a history of watching children at the Olympics. Like, I, I remember when the Singapore ones happened in 2010, getting really excited. So these are ones that I actually do generally pay attention to every couple of years of winter and summer ones, and I always like kind of seeing it. So uh, it's always exciting for me to be able to check them out. So I'm looking forward. We're doing some good coverage of that. 
And obviously, 2024, massive, massive year. We've got some exciting things coming along. So tune in for that. We'll be back in a few months to obviously go over Munich. Jared, thank you very much. Uh, we'll talk to you. Have fun in Europe. Where are you going? Are you going to Sarajevo? Uh, to your favorite country, the UK. Ah, what's oh. going on there? Defecting or? You know, trying to um, injure all the athletes before Paris 2024, you know. Can you just walk around? Just be like, sup? You're an Olympian? <laughs> throw it. That's Meet what you throw. Chair. <laughs> throw a chair. Chair. Throw a real chair at them. Uh, don't hurt chair. Don't damage chair in a British Olympian. Come on. Um, Colin, thank you. Uh, Merry Christmas to you both. I know this isn't our last episode, but uh, obviously I won't get to talk to you both on this podcast at least. I'll talk to you, Colin, on another podcast. Yeah. But- yeah, cool. I'm, I'm the only one not going anywhere. I feel left out. I feel like I should like go to the Sahara to become a man or something. That's why you don't have children. You get to go places. Uh, but you've got it. We've got our child. Sorry, Cherry. I didn't mean you. Um, do all the things like subscribe, all that kind of stuff. Uh, put a sock in it, Mountain. Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. And remember to, as always, go left. When the stars make it through, just like pasta, pasta, some water. When you dance down the street with the cloud at your feet, you're in love. When you walk in a dream, but you know you're not dreaming, senor. Excuse me, but you see back in old Napoli. That's amore, amore, that's amore. Now there's going to be another really lovely entertainment section in here. Well, we're all here to be friends. It's up, it's lively, modern music. Music similar to a group called ABBA we've heard over here in Europe for many years, kind of soft rock. But this was written by Kiro Zubac. This number really gives the feeling that we've gotten since we've been here in Sarajevo from the people. They are extremely warm, tremendously friendly. I've felt it every time I've been in Yugoslavia. Uh, I've covered figure skating here, and, you know, gymnastics, and ski racing, and swimming in several different cities. They're very nice people. Some of the words here, we're all here to be friends. Let the winner enjoy the game and the loser know it ends. We're all here to be friends.